And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with Zach. And things flapping their wings. Just on. Next, uh, they can be like bathing suits. What they, you know, what they. <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? Uh, what, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Thursday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Sheila Kapadia. Here and we have a monster, monster show today. I have uh, it's about two o'clock. I have pickup with the kids at five, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to get out in time uh, within three hours for this episode. We have the 64 person bracket of quackatology in order to decide which player is or who is most likely to sign with the Eagles in free agency. Uh, but we also have an enormous amount or at least in terms of implications, of news to get to, uh, NFL landscape-shifting stuff. You know, if you go to the Birds with Friends uh, Public site, if you want to get your, your Birds with Friends merch, you go, you go there. The header is an image all the way back from Kapadia Week in 2017. Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz shaking hands midfield. Who would have known that uh, five years later, They'd both be heading in opposite directions. And so I know that everybody's expecting me to give this some irreverent uh, start, but I think we get right into the news. I think we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest in the NFL and the NFC East. Big news. Zach Berman, give us the latest on Jerry Jones. On Jerry Jones' love child. I feel bad doing the news during... What I would call Shield Week now that Shield's a national reporter because this Shield is all over free agency. I really enjoyed his piece today on the free agency fits for every team. Uh, but before free agency commences, uh, I, was, I, was gonna, I was about to put it in past tense, um, there were a few major trades in the NFL. The most notable being Russell Wilson goes to Denver uh, for a bounty of picks and players. There were four draft picks and uh, three players who were dealt. Earlier that day, Aaron Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay, renegotiates, or, or I guess gets a new deal. And then yesterday, Carson Wentz, our old friend Carson Wentz, uh, heads to Washington, where he will be the new commander's quarterback. And there were, an, uh, I, I guess, two draft picks traded and a few picks exchanged 
as well. So those are the uh, the that's the most notable news. Also of note since we last spoke, Calvin Ridley, who I know was on the radar of some Eagles fans. Calvin Ridley suspended and some Eagles podcasters. I would say. <laughs> What's told yeah, me I, F you so. Uh, Calvin Ridley suspended. What goes around comes around, my man. For the 2022 season, uh, for gambling during uh, he, I, I guess the report is he played an eight game parlay, which is that's tough to hit right there. But uh, Calvin Ridley is suspended for next season. So that's the major news. I'm sure we will discuss it all and uh, look forward to an action packed full podcast here. Thank you, Mr. Berman. Uh, Shield, how how you doing? You look, commenters saying you look a little uh, disinterested. Well, I'm on the Bo Wolf Zach Berman uh, sleep schedule uh, today. I, I was uh, up up till three. This is not a complaint. Just laying, you know, you asked the question. Yeah, uh, I was up till three working on this piece, and then uh, we had a little Harry Potter exhibit at the franklin institute this morning kids nice. have off from school today it's a teacher in service day so we had this plan so i had to uh get up and go to that couldn't couldn't skip that and uh sleep in or anything so i'm not used to this i mean i'm probably i would say between four and five hours of sleep which i'm sure some of our listeners are like what are you talking about we that's what we do every day that's not what shield does every day i i am a seven hour a night guy uh that's what i need otherwise i'm getting headaches i don't feel right but uh, it's okay. We'll power through it. I got some coffee here, and so now you're going uh, so, more coffee than usual. Are you no, you I mean I was th- I was thinking about this for yours, like Starbucks piece you wrote. That was like <laughs> sociopathic behavior. I mean, stays I in your system for like six one, hours. But... I believe. I mean, you're gonna like kill yourself doing that. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely uh, not feeling normal at it the end of no it. No sense. You don't just keep pumping it in. You pump it in. You let it do its job. You wait till you come down, and then you pump it in again. Well, I mean, yeah, that's sort of what I did. Just no, because it, it wasn't out of your system yet. All right, let's get to it. Come on, I'm not. I'm not about the you know your five hour pickup. I got other uh, other stuff to do here. We did. We, 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 we so did. I did. Efficient. I did make a promise to get us out within two hours. That's legitimate. So. We'll see what we can do. Uh, all right, need the under on that. Why don't we start? Why don't we start with? Uh, I know we want to get to Carson, and, and we... oh, he's freezing here. Oh, he uh, froze. All right, we take over. Uh, so, uh, Zberm, you, you know, you. I don't know. Let, let me give, set the scene for me. Where were you when you heard the Carson Wentz news? Uh, and uh, what was your initial reaction then? And what is your reaction now? So actually, this is interesting that you ask. I was on a video call with Bo and two of our editors. Okay. Oh, wow. And interesting. Okay. Yeah, I want more a, on that, but we'll get to that in the next There's segment. a There's a story that we're working on that uh, Bo's doing an outstanding job with. And we, and we were kind of uh, updating our editors on that story. And I had, I had this, you know, I, I got an alert on my phone. Uh, that Carson Wentz is being traded. So I, I hated to bump into the conversation, but I said, hey, wait, guys. So I want to let you know, Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. And uh, Bo was was eager to hear that one. The Stone Cold Newsman. He, bro- he broke the news to me. Uh, so that's that's exactly where I, I was. And then I, I consumed coverage. I exchanged messages with uh, our esteemed Washington writer, Ben Standig. I, I, Poor guy. I don't know about that. that. I mean, there's probably interest in this, right? I mean, people are. Uh, I, I think it has no juice. No? I mean, okay. I think it's, their yeah. fan base is probably disgusted 
bored, apathetic. They have an owner who's in just the middle. You know, there was a DEA raid, right? That that's like their like ninth biggest story uh, of the offseason. I mean, sexual misconduct allegations. uh, And now, you know, their coach goes out there and tells the entire world that they're desperate for a quarterback, which is fine. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback, you should be desperate for one. You should be making every call, but the way it went down and then to land on Carson Wentz of all people and think that that's going to be the solution and to take on his whole salary of $28 million for this year. And then to give up a third and a third that turns into a second. And I was laughing yesterday thinking about Chris Ballard. When he's like, I mean, I would love to have heard the recording when he's like, Oh, and also, so we want to move up five spots in the second round. Like but these we'll heat checks seventh. for these GMs yeah. are hilarious where they're just like, well, I might as well ask for one more thing. What are they going to do? Say no, uh, say no to that. So uh, they're just stuck in the middle. They've been stuck in the middle or worse since Dan Snyder owned the team, just a complete disaster. One of the worst organizations in all of professional sports, unless you're looking at the bottom line of what he's pocketing uh, every year, in which case they're very successful. And so while he's on his yacht or wherever he is, life is good uh, for the fan base there. Life is bad. That's like I mean, negotiating with John Gonzalez. That's like negotiating with John Gonzalez in fantasy basketball. Wow, Gonzo takes a stray. Wow. No, no, no. It's a compliment. Wow, he'll, we're he'll we're in it. listen, we're in Pencrest High School uh country here, the, the okay. school that Gonzo built and that the Capadias will be attending. So you gotta watch what you say. No, it's a compliment, right? Like you'll you'll have these negotiations. <laughs> we don't know. You then, tell us. We've never we've I, never negotiated a basketball trade with him. I've never and, negotiated with uh Gonzo John, no. John is, uh, he is thorough. It's comprehensive. It's, uh, it's the type of thing where you're exhausted by the end of the negotiation and you're just like, fine, you know, we'll exchange seventh and ninth round picks and I'll, and I'll give you cap space this year. Let's just, let's just get the deal finished with. Now you, now you, I I hope this is not, uh, I hope I can say this. You said, uh, during combine week gonzo was very active because you know colleen was in indianapolis for for the combine so he had all his time to make make his moves is that fair? It was, well it was deadline week in his defense oh, okay. so we were okay. yeah so that's that's when that's when we were getting it all finished yes okay fair enough uh i mean the carson wentz thing is like the is the funniest possible uh outcome here i mean it's amazing <laughs> he's gonna be uh either he's gonna be playing well i mean i would say playing the eagles twice a year but i i think we uh, one year maybe he's gonna well he's not gonna play both games i mean he's probably gonna get injured he played 70 percent of the snaps last year he's not gonna do it again um but you do have to say like it is a pretty good scheme fit um for Wentz because you know this is this is the locker room that wouldn't get vaccinated for their coach who had cancer so for him to go there i feel like it's a good it's a good fit uh, I mean, Zach Kiefer had so many, you know, good nuggets yeah. in in his uh, story, and really, I, I mean, they've been the, he and Stephen Holder have been all over this the day the season ended. I mean, if you read their coverage the week after the season ended, I went from going, no, they're not going to let one game, you know, they're they're going to ride this out for another year, to like three days later being like, okay, he is definitely gone. And yeah, one of the things was that uh, you know, Wentz's decision to not get vaccinated did not sit well with Jim Irsay, uh, whether that. That was just because Jim Mercer thought everybody should be vaccinated or whether he thought I'm paying you a lot of money. We've invested a lot of uh, resources into this trade and you're risking your availability for the team. And that's poor leadership. You know, we, we saw football guys, you know, put players in that spot. That was part of it. It wasn't like the greater good of helping uh, mankind. It was as much as you got to be there for your team. You know, you got to durab- durability availability is the best ability type thing. So he wasn't happy uh, with that. 
And then, you know, the nugget that was getting passed around, which I've never heard of anything like this, where when Carson Wentz realized he was on shaky ground after the season and requested a meeting with the owner, Jim Ursay. Ursay declined the meeting. I mean, no, but that's because, well, it, it was updated. He was out of town and they, and they met after that. Okay. Okay. Just, just don't yeah. listen to the story. I mean, right? yeah, okay. You're holding it against me. Well, what was like that? It. That was a second version or something? I mean, that, I don't know. That could yeah. have been a little damage control. Okay. But don't, I don't know. Don't kill the messenger here, okay? Yeah. No. It's no, also no. very funny to think about, like, Carson last year uh, talking about, like, how this is really the kind of place that fits our family. Like, you know, being in the Midwest, this is great. And he's gonna, he gets to, go to a, gets to go to the Beltway where he can really be a mover and a shaker. Uh, Frank Reich apologizing, as our commenters yes. are saying, that was also in the story. Uh, right. Frank Reich apologizing to Jim Irsay. You know, he was clearly the driving force behind that trade uh, last offseason. And really, you know, I'm sure if you talk to anybody when this trade was made, it was like, you know, and as Bo wrote about it in the deep dive on Wentz, like Reich, you know, backed Wentz maybe more than anybody uh, in the league from the moment he scouted him. They drafted him uh, really until uh, he kind of had him there last year. And that's the other thing for Washington. Like, I mean, don't you know that? Haven't you done your homework? Like, like if Reich, I, I know Reich might not be the driving force in getting rid of Wentz, but for him to kind of be throwing his hands up after a year and now you're telling your fans and you're putting saying your organization can get more out of him than they did last year. I mean, what kind of leap of faith is that uh, for a Washington commanders? It's I'm still not used to it. Uh, organization. I don't think who we does, need to, I don't think we need to right. be beholden to commanders. I Should think we just we do just, football team. Or yeah, just like, I just want to watch team. Just yeah. Washington. Just call. So Washington. I, I've been honest, like not, I'm, I'm not defending the trade at all. Right. I'm just asking you, Shio, as the national reporter here, what were their realistic alternatives, right? Because it, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you're looking at, I guess, potentially Deshaun Watson, but I, I, I don't know about that in Washington. And so I'm trying to I figure out. I mean, once, once they I'm couldn't sure. let it. Oh, how are you not making yeah. a comment there? Yeah, so they, I'm, I'm not yeah, going to so get they, fired, but you could. So they, sent, <laughs> so they made, uh, they made according to our Ben standing, they made a big offer for Russell Wilson, three first-round picks, right? I, 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 I believe is the reported offer. Russell Wilson, from what I've heard, uh, did, he wanted to go to Denver. The Seahawks did not want to trade him to the NFC. So it's kind of moot there. Okay. So then I after feel like, that, well, uh, go, finish and, your, finish your and where they're drafting, you don't know who's, you know, unless they make a big move up into the top 10. You don't know who's going to be there. It's not an amazing year for quarterbacks. So of the available options, uh, I mean, Wentz, I don't like the contract. I don't think the compensation is horrible, given if if he gives you, like, competent quarterback play. Um, he's – there's the, there's a lot of the baggage paying, there. Paying the entire contract. Well, yes, yes. The contract part of it I don't like, right? But I'm, I'm just saying, like, from an options perspective, the term I, – I, I hear it on TV all the time, and it's, and it's true right now that there's there's far more demand than there is supply at that position. Well, I would argue, uh, you know, in my uh, 10 guidelines for not screwing up your offseason and the line I keep coming back to is that competency at quarterback is easier than ever to find and it's never mattered less. And so that would be sort of my guiding principle if I were looking for a quarterback. I mean, what were their alternatives? 
sign Teddy Bridgewater for okay. uh, I I would anticipate a max of like 10 to 12 million, maybe like Fair. seven, eight million dollars. You're not giving up any draft picks. Uh, I bet if we look at whatever his statistics are at the end of next season compared to Carson Wentz's, they're going to be pretty similar uh, next season. I mean, that that's if Bridgewater gets a starting job. I mean, I think what you have to do, you're, you're right. I mean, it's hard because there's no simple solution to getting a great quarterback right now. We all know it's important. We all know you need to have one of the guys where you're irrelevant. Everybody knows that, but that doesn't get you anywhere. I think right now what you have to do is don't over, don't overspend on someone who's not going to be that guy. Don't get desperate. Uh, be patient. Accumulate assets so that when that opportunity is there, you're ready to pounce. Sure. Which, you know, it was Russell Wilson this offseason, Matthew Stafford last offseason. Maybe it'll be Kyler Murray next offseason. You always want to be in that mix for when that guy becomes available. And then you have to take swings on draft picks with upside. I mean, it's not a it's not an exciting uh uh Wait, strategy and it might not work and your ownership has to be patient. I understand all those things that sometimes your job security takes precedent, but this is just such a losing uh, proposition. If you're Washington, I mean, you're giving up resources, you're giving up $28 million. The ceiling is low and the floor is low. I mean, I don't understand why you would want to make a move like that. And also in the Colts story, I mean, he wrote that Washington had an offer of a fourth and a sixth on the table. And then Russell Wilson goes to Denver and they bump up to two thirds. I mean, come on. What are you, what are you doing here? Like, like I don't think there's going to be that crazy of a market to land Carson Wentz. And it's not the end of the world if you don't land Carson Wentz. So why are you getting so aggressive there uh, in what could end up being a second and a third? plus $28 million for him. I saw our, our friend Diana Rossini had a nugget that uh, Washington believed that there was competition in the marketplace for him. So I, I don't know First if that's Pittsburgh. Days. I don't know if that's Pittsburgh was was getting into the fray. Right, then, then lose uh, the competition. Look, I'm, I'm so just... Don't fall in love. The... the, uh, the uh, adult, uh, ad <laughs> the, the Delilah's Den NFL free agency rule. Don't, don't fall in love. It's just, that's, that's very specific right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carson would never, would never go. A local like place, you know, maybe a potential sponsor. I don't know. I told you I'm on no sleep. Aunt Bo, you have to help me to not get fired uh, during this pod as I generally do to you. Because I don't know the words that are coming out of my mouth. Well, let's let's pivot a little bit to Russell Wilson because you know obviously the, the two things are connected. And just just to quickly say the like the whether it's true or not, and I sort of think that it's not true. Um, the like we didn't want to trade him to the NFC I, is like who cares? Get the best, get, you know, do what's best for your franchise. Get the best what? compensation. I think this is much more about like Russell Wilson has a complete no, no trade clause. Exactly, he can, he can determine where he. Wants I think to go. that's it. Yes. Yes. Right. It's, yes. It's uh, the the NFC thing is like a thing that you share with your GM buddies so that they have an explanation sure. for why they didn't get Russell Wilson. That's fair. Right. That's like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. He that's to where he wanted to go. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's what a, a no trade clause does is, is that the player picks it's, it's not a matter of the value that the other team presents. Right. Because like, if you just take the Eagles, the Eagles could have trumped that offer. I, I do believe based on their assets, they could, they could have, okay. they could have given more. Um, but I I get the distinct impression that Russell Wilson wanted to be in Denver, right? And 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 so in that case, you the like both said the 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 no trade clause is the trump card that trumps all. So what is your sense, Zach, of of how 
uh, not involved, but aware the Eagles were of, of the Russell Wilson process. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that, that they, that they did their work on it and they probably found out pretty early on. I I don't want to say pretty early on you and I uh, got the sense at the combine that they didn't think they were going to land him. Right. And and so I think that, uh, that, that, that they realized even if there was legitimate interest that there's not, I, I, I don't know how much legs it had because, uh, I think that he wasn't coming to Philly. Well, I guess, I guess the, you know, my, my supposition is that, you know, how he would like John Schneider knew what, how he would be willing to pay. Right. Like how he let him know that if Russell changes his mind, well, we would be interested. My, My, my question is like, do you think it ever got to the level of like back channels trying to convince Russell that this was, this was a good place to come? Or do you think they thought that that was just a lost cause? It's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I would say, <clears throat> I would Maybe guess that we can do that, some more work on that. That's yeah. a that's yeah. a great question. I would guess that that Wilson probably had a list, right? Like, like we found out that list last right. year, and I would imagine that Wilson had had that list. And uh, and Denver historically has always been a place where where quarterbacks have wanted to play. So now, now uh, in terms of winning, I know they have a really good 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 roster, and no competitive person is like. I don't want to go there because it's tough to win. But that division, that conference, like I would think you'd have a better chance being in the NFC, yeah. being in the NFC East, right? Like that, that, that would be a better opportunity. I, I would have tried to go to New York, Philly, or Washington, right? I, I would say send me to one of those three places. I have a better chance. Don't send me to Washington. That's nobody. Nobody's choosing to play for Daniel Snyder. Come on. Yeah, you're right. It's funny. And and you hear the lot, you know, and people justify it with just what you said. And I think you're right. You know, quarterbacks are like, you know, who cares? I'll go there and I'll win. Like, I am not wired like that. I mean, I would be like, oh boy, ugh, Patrick Mahomes, stay away. Ooh. Ooh, Herbert, no, I don't want to play that guy twice a year. What are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, get me to the, the division with Daniel The Snyder NFC South. Get me to the Maris NFC South now. Get me to the NFC South anywhere. Yes. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I think you're right, Dodd. I think, you know, by all accounts, it was like he just had target, you know, I don't know if he had a list of every team that was interested or not, but Denver was like on another level for him. He liked a lot about the situation there and that's where he wanted to go. Whether that was, you know, people in his camp saying this is a great spot for you for whatever reasons, or whether it was something about, uh, you know, the John Elway and Peyton maybe he can get an ownership stake. Maybe he can get an ownership stake. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they have, so they have nice pieces. I mean, they're, it might be, I'm curious to see the pieces around him, how they perform next year. Cause we talk about like Jerry, right. Judy and Cortland Sutton as if they're, you Tim know, Devonte Adams, which they have not been. Uh, I like all those players, honestly, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. I like all three of those players, Javante Williams. I like, uh, and they haven't had consistent quarterback play. So like, it wouldn't surprise me if we're say if, if you know, one or two of those guys goes off uh, this year. I know we all, I think love Judy, Coming out of that draft, it hasn't happened for him yet. Uh, Sutton, I think, is a very good player. So, um, you know, maybe with Wilson there, they'll kind of take off. So do you think this means, Zach, you know, we talked about this on uh, on our little beat back and forth, but you think this means, you know, pen in Jalen Hurts or or is there uh, still a possibility of, you know, Deshaun Watson or or uh, a draft pick? I think the most likely outcome is, is Jalen Hurts. And uh, look, I, I – I would say never say never on the Watson possibility. And I, I do want to acknowledge too, 
Uh, like I, I don't know how many crossover readers and listeners we have. I hope many, frankly. Uh, but I, I do read all the comments on our stories, and I, I do want to address a contention that a few readers had. Like I, we had that back and forth about Bo and I, and 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 by no means would I want to like belittle or or, or not make like underscore. That's not the right word. Um, undersell underplay. the sig- underplay. There you go. The the significance of the allegations, like I, I, they are, they're significant. Um, it's the this whole conversation is moot. Um, if if he's indicted, he's I, I presume he's he's not playing football. The the uh, when we have the conversation, it's it's I I, I don't believe we can ignore it totally. Right? Our job I, is I, to know what the Eagles are interested in and yes. whether or not they are interested yeah. in figuring out if exactly. John Watson is going to be available. I think it would be irresponsible on our part if we were just like, let's let's not even go there, all right? Because I think the Eagles do their their due diligence. Um, all right, so now we've established. And that. I think that Howie Roseman has like he has been given like softball opportunities several times to just come out and say we are not interested in that player. Like he he does not like like th- Chris Greer of the Dolphins did. Yeah. He said we're no right. longer in the Deshaun Watson business. I mean that would be very easy to say. If, if you didn't get the okay from ownership, if you decided, if you did more research on it and you said, no way, we're not bringing that guy into our building. I mean, that would be a very easy thing to say either on the record or off the record that we're not doing that. You guys can should stop writing about it. That's not an option for us. Uh, to everyone's understanding, that has not been said yeah. uh, by anyone in the Eagles organization. So you're right. It's a tricky one. I understand the, you know, it, it does feel icky to talk about there are, you know, 22 women who filed civil uh, lawsuits. There are criminal charges. Um, and so it, it is difficult to, you know, you kind of have to not separate the two, but you have to talk about it all uh, together for sure. At the same time, yes, if, if it's something the Eagles are discussing internally and if there's a possibility that he is still a quarterback uh, in the league when all is said and done, whatever happens here tomorrow and in the weeks and months ahead, uh, then it is something that I, I, I per, you know, we discuss players who are have been accused or uh, not even accused, more proven, you know, Ty, Tyree Kill is getting discussed. And so it's just I think you have to talk about it in the right way. I think, Zach, you, you know, you, you've written about it in a sensitive way and you mention it. Uh, you have to mention those allegations every single time. And with the caveat that, yeah, he could be in jail. He could be out of the league. I mean, there are a number of possibilities that, uh, you know, come into play here. If I can, yeah. uh, or do you have more to say, Zach? Oh, yeah. So, so just so establishing that, I do think that um, it, I think this is a case where the no trade clause could also be an issue is that if he is playing football next year and presumably he's traded, um, he's going to have a say of where he, he wants to go. And, and I've, I've heard that could be an issue for the Eagles if the Eagles were in fact interested. So uh, like we've discussed, there are a number of teams out there that are still looking for quarterbacks. I think Carolina could be in that market. I think Seattle could be in that market. So, uh, so I, I don't know how high up on that list the Eagles would be, even if they did have a, uh, yeah. So what do you, what do you make of the Eagles? If that's the case, like not being considered by these premier quarterbacks for their no trade clause, like as a franchise, do you think that that's like a hit to their, their ego? Yeah. I mean, it, well, well, you know, so far it's only one, 
right? right. And, and uh, but we had heard that about Deshaun Watson last yeah. summer, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's fair, and I don't know really what you attributed to. I mean, I think uh, Sirianni has been better than anyone probably thought he was going to be so far, and so maybe if it's a year from now, they're a more uh, attractive spot. Certainly, they have a, a good offensive line. I don't think you would look at their skill position players and say, yeah, that's it's a great place uh, to be. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of where you want to live, what's the rest of your family is doing, all those things. So I think there are a lot of things that come into play. But yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, it's certainly not a situation where quarterbacks are saying, oh, please get me there. You know, they're only a quarterback away and I can uh, go there, live there, win multiple Super Bowls. And that's at the top of my list. I think we can uh, say that again, small sample, but um, that has been the case so far. So yeah, I would think that would be a blow to their ego. Speaking of the, uh, the comment section, it's always fun to like discover a new type of person that you didn't know existed. Um, and I was reading Shields. I would uh, disagree with that, by it, the way. I was I was reading Shields, <laughs> uh, very exhaustive and very good piece for the Sickos today, projecting uh, three free agent signings to every team. And I, it, it would have never occurred to me in my entire life that there would be Lions fans who are like gung ho Jared Goff backers, like angry at Shield for projecting them to sign Teddy Bridgewater because they already have a quarterback in Jared Goff. Yeah, you what? texted me that, and I was on uh, no sleep walking around the Franklin Institute, and I said, "There's, um, there's no chance I'm even looking at those comments." But thanks for the, uh, thanks for the heads up there. You know, one what? thing I wanted to say, uh, one thing I want to say about the Wentz thing is that, uh, Bo, I remember in your piece, you had written about how I don't know if it was Howie or somebody else was sort of like, you know, we felt like Wentz had kind of the fabric to play in Philadelphia, right? Wasn't right. that like a and big how thing? Wrong, like how wrong was that? Well, I had two thoughts on that. One is the point that I keep making here is that these teams shouldn't even try to like evaluate that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess you can try, but it's just going to be, you know, the, the psychological stuff. Uh, it just feels like they, they think that they're capable of evaluating a player's makeup and stuff like that. I mean, you should just kind of like interview the people around them, see what they say, teammates, coaches, and like take that and even take that with a grain of salt. Cause it's just totally different. Cause yeah, I mean, look at it now. I mean, now you can like come up with an athlete who it feels like would, you know, in the long term would have been a worse fit for Philadelphia. And the other thing I was thinking oh, about, Simmons. yeah, the other thing I was thinking about was, uh, the appreciation for Donovan McNabb really should uh, kind of continue to grow fonder That's a good point. as the years go on here. I mean, you know, he he had his quirks. Uh, he he was sensitive about uh, some stuff. But, man, and I said this at the time with Wentz when, I don't know if it was 18, 19 on this podcast, just like the criticism he got for accomplishing so much more than Wentz had and sort of battling through it uh, really should probably be appreciated a lot more uh, because, you know, I he, he just I, I just feel like it was a totally different degree, a different level than Wentz ever had to deal with. I mean, Wentz's GM is saying in Indianapolis that he's having trouble dealing with the, you know, that was like basically his quote at the combine was yes. the quarterback has to be able to deal with criticism. And like Wentz wasn't getting crushed in Indianapolis, uh, you know, like like McNabb was uh, getting crushed in Philadelphia. So I don't know, I just as the Eagles continue to be on this sort of, what was a hamster wheel of, of uh, quarterback. Yeah. I don't know, does that work? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it is, as they continue to be on this, because the Wilson thing, we probably didn't. I mean, we talked around it a little bit, but let's be clear. 
it feels like the Eagles, this was, this was a matter of Wilson not being interested in the Eagles, not the Eagles not being interested in Wilson. Right. You know, they were not saying, no, that's not something we don't right. want to. Explore. We've got Jalen Hurts. We're not interested. That was not right. The case. So there's, they're still, you know, they got Hurts, but uh, their eyes are still wide open. Yeah. Quarterback curious. Uh, and, and, and the, the Wentz piece, you know, the, the story of how they went up to get him. I, I, I always think back to like the most honest thing that Howie said was that he, he just decided he was going to go get a quarterback and it didn't matter to him like when he decided that who it was going to be like, he just wanted to get a quarterback. Um, and so sometimes like, it's like what Washington did. Like sometimes these teams just decide like, okay, whether it's the right answer or not, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go get a guy. You know mm-hmm. what? That's so much more justifiable though, in the draft, in my opinion, where there's already so much uncertainty and you just, I mean, if you can see the upside, uh, I actually don't have an issue um, with just taking a swing on upside at quarterback in the draft. I mean, it's kind of like the bills. I mean, the bills process wasn't that different. Their guy just came through. I mean, right. no one really, you know, you, you could argue, shoot, what are they doing? Taking Josh Allen after two years, they're getting crushed for it. It ended up working out. You kind of just have to take a swing. You do your homework. Uh, if you see the upside and then you hope for the best, because as Zach was alluding to earlier, like, yeah, anybody, if you could get handed Patrick Mahomes, every team would want to do that. If you get handed Justin Herbert, every team would want to do that. Every team would give up all kinds of draft capital to do that. Those opportunities are not available. Now, last the th- last two teams that have won the Super Bowl uh, have gone the veteran quarterback yeah, route. They, they, they've, they've said, all right, we're going to go with the established option. We'll pay the money. We'll pay the picks. But it's like, the, you know, we want a guy that we know as opposed to the unknown that comes with the draft. So I, I don't know if if this is a trend that more teams are looking at or if it's just a matter that there's more movement than there's been in the past. We talk about it with you know the player empowerment era. If you know, that's that's like a big phrase, but it is true that like you know, last year Carson Wentz has said, like, I don't want to play in Philadelphia. Russell Wilson, uh, and we had a great story from our Seattle reporters. Russell it was it was a divorce. He was ready to move on. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the only reason Aaron Rodgers would have been moved would be like if he said, I don't want to play in Green Bay anymore. Tom Brady didn't want to play in, 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 in New England anymore. Matthew Stafford asked for a trade. So we're also in an era where if you can position yourself to have an appealing situation, whether it's yeah. roster, whether it's market, then quarterbacks are going to be moved. The idea that a guy's going to be with his franchise for his whole career and that the team has all the power, I think that's becoming somewhat antiquated as well. Yeah, that, that's a, it's a good point. And it's just like, uh, you know, it goes back to the Wentz thing. Like, what were their other options? I mean, with that $28 million in those those picks, I mean, if you're building up your roster, yeah. like build, build it up and be ready to pounce, whether it's good. Yep. Because the thing is, you know, even with the Bills, like that's what they did. They were like, we're going to build up the offensive line. We're going to take a swing on Stefan Diggs. We're going to put him in a position where we're going to know at some point whether he's the guy or not. And so like if Josh Allen didn't develop and wasn't good after year three, that might've been a nice situation for, you know, if a quarterback became available, whether it was the draft a trade free agency, whatever, like the pieces were in place for that to be still be a successful competitive team as you look to upgrade. So I think that's not a bad way to do it. I mean, that model is sort of what you would think, you know, I don't know that it aligns exactly with the Eagles, but you know, if they're using these draft picks or if they're adding talent to the roster and a year from now, we're saying, man, they did a nice job the last two years and they've got a lot of great talent under 25 years old. 
then all of a sudden, if we're having this conversation next year and Jalen Hurts isn't great and there's and Kyler Murray, somebody else is available, then all of a sudden it might become a, a, a different conversation. The last thing I wanted to ask, uh, Sheila, I know you've talked about it, but uh, since you have the, the Seahawks perspective, uh, you know, I think, would you give them a D on the grade? Give us, let, let's, let's take I down did. that Seahawks franchise uh, for a few minutes. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think Russell Wilson, his camp, his agent were probably a complete uh, pain in the A to deal with. I don't, uh, I don't discount that. I mean, uh, the story our uh, Seattle writers did, Michael Sean, uh, Mike Sando and Jason Jenks pretty much said that, that, you know, Wilson's agent would call around to reporters and they were really worried about the narrative and what's being said on local radio. And they're not putting Russ in position to succeed. I'm sure that stuff gets uh, exhausting and annoying. And you reach a point where you say it's not worth it. We want to move on. But as I said, when Chip Kelly released uh, Evan Mathis back in the day, uh, I mean, Don Draper gift, that's what the money's for. I mean, those are, those are the issues you have to deal with as a head coach or a GM. Your job is to put your team in position to win games, to uh, compete for Super Bowls, and there's no argument that the Seahawks are better positioned to do that now than they were uh, with Russell Wilson. I mean, they were eighth in DVOA last year. Like Now look at the roster. I mean, I'm going through the roster for this free agency rankings. They have no right or left tackle. Uh, they have no pass rush. They have nothing at cornerback. They just released their best linebacker and they just got rid of their best uh, at their quarterback. Like, I think they're going to find out pretty quickly how much the quarterback can make up for other flaws on the roster. And I'm not saying Wilson, like, was certainly not a top five quarterback over the last two years. I think he had ups and downs. Uh, I don't think there was ever a situation where you looked at it and said the scheme, the coaching, the offensive philosophy was putting him in position to maximize his talent. They have two great wide receivers. And the rest of the roster is pretty much uh, garbanzo beans uh, when you look at it. So um, I don't think they should have done this move now. I think they should have waited a year. I don't. I think Wilson is too worried about his image and his legacy to like go as far as to sit out games and say I'm so unhappy that I'm not playing. I mean that just flat out was not going to happen. And so you got to have the hard conversations and say you're not happy with us. Uh, we're not thrilled with you. But guess what? You're under contract for the next two years. We'll revisit this after the season, but let's be professionals about this and go about our business. I mean, Pete Carroll has dealt with Marshawn Lynch and Michael Bennett and Earl Thomas. Like that has been, that was his calling card was being able to kind of navigate through these difficult situations. And so to just kind of throw it out the window here with no plan, a quarterback to me uh, was pretty mind boggling. It's not even about the compensation. I think the compensation was fine. You get the ninth overall pick. Uh, you get, you know, five picks in the deal. To me, it's not even about that. It's just like, now's not the time. That deal was going to be on the table next offseason, which by the way, I do wonder if the Eagles looked at it and were like, all right, if he doesn't get traded this offseason, like that could, you know, we can buy our time and maybe we pounce on that next offseason where now that, that option is not available either to them. All right. Uh, let's take a, let's take a little break and we will be back on the other side with Quackatology 64 free agents who could sign with the Eagles, but who is the most likely? 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back to Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Shukapadia. It's time to get into quackatology, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> what, what are you laughing at, Zach? Bo's face. Oh, I'm sorry. Shield's face when you said that. Mm. Well, I, I was thinking That's about exciting. when Bo mentioned this, we're going to start at two. I said, <laughs> I have to be done by four. And Zach legitimately texted, uh, are we sure we're going to be done? But he goes at the risk, what did you say? At the risk of shield rolling. His I, eyes. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, it's going to be I tight. Think, it is going to be tight. I, no, I don't think it is. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I was a nerdy little uh, college basketball fan growing up. Loved a bracket. Loved making a bracket. Uh, like Still I was with it. Did you run the pool? And I mean, it, we were doing them like I as early like, as probably like seventh the, and eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. I think it started fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I think I was in charge probably a couple of those years or when my sister was older and when she would come home with whoever had, you know, done the bracket in high school and I would get to, uh, fill it out. I was, it was so exciting. Mm. Yeah. Very exciting. I would do, I would, I was nerdy enough that I would do like my own top 25s every week during the college basketball season. Oh, it sounds like Z-berm. Yeah, I feel like this was this was my my Z-berm face. My uh, uh, and I, my has- I and I would always I would always get very mad when the actual selection committee would not follow their bracket rules, like when there would be a conference rematch in the like a potential conference rematch in the second round because I spent so much time trying to trying to abide by all the bracket principles. And then they just willy nilly decided they didn't matter. What's up with that? All right, now we're getting a little too deep. Let's get to the quackatology. Okay. Well, with that in mind, I had, a, I had fun putting this bracket together. So uh, we have, uh, we have four regions. Everybody has been seated based on where they rank in shields. Top one hundred and fifty. There are a few people who are outside the, the top one hundred and fifty. Every position group is represented. 
uh, just like every conference is represented in. Didn't uh, I yell at you for this before, Zach? Didn't I yell at him for this? I'm putting out 150, and he can't find 64 in there. He's got to go beyond the 150. <laughs> Listen, I did the yeah, research. I'm pretty I sure did, I went off last year. I did the work this, on the shopping guide. I can't. I can't just right. throw that stuff aside. You know, so uh, just for clarification, words on uh, Obo Obo Okoronkwo. So just for, favorite, apparently. I learned so yesterday. Just, so just for clarification here. We're going what we think the Eagles will do, not our favorite, but like not. So we will. Do, we can discuss the players. So Most we're being, what you would prefer to do. But the winner of this is the, the who who moves on is who the majority of the three of us think the Eagles are more likely to sign. Have so we ever gotten it before? No, I believe last year we the winner close, was right? Anthony Walker, which was close mm. to Eric Wilson. I think Eric Wilson was. Walker would have been a better signing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so we're being forecasters, though. We're not being evaluators. We're being Correct. forecasters. Correct. Okay. Yes, but you can discuss your evaluation sure. in the. Okay. Okay. I feel uh, like Final Four. We've we've gotten somebody right or no? I think I think maybe a Dane is get ago, to work. You've been quiet. Yeah, yeah. Dane is. Come on, you've had too much free time recently. Uh, okay, so we start with uh, <laughs> we start with uh, the play-in games. The first four. Oh my god. <laughs> We have, uh, for who's going to represent the quarterbacks, we have Jacoby Brissett against Cam Newton. Jacoby Brissett, number uh, 121, and Shield, uh, Shield's top 150, Cam Newton, 102. If, uh, it, if, the, if the Eagles were to move on from Gardner Minshew, get a trade from him, what, who would they be more likely to sign? I'd, I'd say Jacoby Brissett. From my understanding, last year, they really liked him. Sirianni liked him when they worked together with the Colts. Uh, he's someone who has a background with a lot of guys on this coaching staff. He I, he signed for, what, one year, $5 million last year. If they were to trade Minshew, that would be right in the wheelhouse of what they would go after. Uh, okay, so if I remember this correctly, well, look at this. Is, did Kent do this? Oh, yeah. Kent, my what a Kent now, Marissa. This is a good chance for the audio listeners to uh tune move over to YouTube. Yeah, Kent has put the bracket together. This. Unbelievable, Kent. I mean, talk about underappreciated employees at the athletic, Kent mm. and Marissa. I mean, they better be getting some salute love uh sometime soon, I would say. Uh, all right, so and if I remember work. this correctly, we discussed these players in the first round, and then after that, we're kind of well, kind yeah, of well, and and, the, and just okay. math wise. There are more matchups in the first round than all okay. of the rest of the tournament right. combined. Uh, I think Zach is right. More likely would be Brissett. He's got the connection. Uh, Cam Newton, I don't know what kind of deal he wants. I mean, the Panthers made one of the most mind-boggling deals when they signed him to that kind of money in the middle of last season when they had no competition. So I still think he wants uh, that kind of money. Now, I do think Newton's kind of interesting because he still is like a very talented runner. I mean, this is like adding a red zone weapon um, to your team if you're willing to be creative and do that. Brissett actually did get uh, brought in a little bit for some like QB sneaks and stuff, if memory serves, over the past couple of years. But uh, yeah, I would go with Brissett. Well, that was just because Philip Rivers like refused to do it, right? No, remember remember that game we covered in uh, 2017 where Brissett got called in to throw the hail mary again. Remember Andrew oh. Luck saw the neck issues. That's right. Neck. That. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Okay. All right. Jacoby Brissett moves on. Uh, we move to running back the play in game. Uh, we have Rashad Penny. Number 135 on Shields' list versus Deontay Foreman, who uh, is a big back who uh, filled in adequately for Derrick Henry with the Titans down the stretch. Both of these guys considered busts until the second half of the uh, 2021 season. I'll jump in here. I, I, I would go Rashad Penny. I think draft pedigree does matter. 
I I know it's 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 belittled, but oftentimes evaluators say, "All right, well, what can we do to tap the potential that didn't work elsewhere?" And in Penny's defense, he came on strong at the end of last season with Seattle. Uh, so so there is talent there. Former first round pick. I would think him over Foreman would would be more likely. I don't think they sign either one of them, but I would think Penny. I would I, argue. I, I would. I would go the other way. I would. I would say that I think Rashad Penny gets a real. Bo loves Rashad Penny. This has been revealing to me, Zach, via text. And the, you know, he's looking at he Rashad Penny a little low. I go, what? Rashad Penny a little low. Go ahead, Bo. Give the reason. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I think that he's great, but the, like his numbers down the stretch were were insane. And Do you want to hear my favorite if, nugget I unearthed? If I'm a the... GM, I would Sorry, much rather ahead. sign Rashad Penny with with like less tread on his tires than be signing Melvin Gordon or James Conner. Ready for this stat? This was one of my favorites. I mean, uh, followers, you know, one of you should have did a copy and paste on this bad boy or something. I feel like this could have uh, gotten gotten some uh, some good engagement here. Last ten years, there have been 454 running backs with at least 100 carries in a season or 454 running back season. So it could have been the same guy, you know, multiple years. Among that sample, Rashad Penny's 2021 ranks first in yards per carry at 6.3. First out of 454. So why are you burying him? Down the stretch last year, weeks 13 to 17, had 516 yards second to only Jonathan Taylor. Why am I burying him? Because he's been in the league for four years, and we're talking about a five-game sample uh, in those four years. He's appeared in 37 total games. He didn't do anything until the last month of last season. I mean, talk about free agency mistakes. A team that gives him significant money based on that is out of their gourd. I mean, that would be absolutely ridiculous. And so I think there will be a team that does that. I don't think the Eagles are that type of team that would, you know, be giving willing to give him like t- so much as three million dollars to join their team based on that. And so I'm going with Deontay Foreman because I don't think there will be as much of a market for Deontay Foreman. Yeah. And I also I don't know what his uh, numbers were. Maybe you have them in front of you, uh, Bo. He didn't make my 150, but just from the uh, eye test. Last year, I uh, actually thought he, I actually didn't think he ran bad. I mean, he definitely broke off uh, some big runs there, and he's not, I don't think he's somebody who's going to cost you a lot. And he presents a skill set the Eagles don't have in the, yeah, in the big room boy. at the moment. Yeah. Dreads, uh, right? Big boy with dreads? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. We move to another uh, uh, play in game at the tight end position. Another player who I texted Shiel about, uh, much to his dismay. This is going way too slow, by the way. We Sorry have Mo Alley Cox. We have Mo Alley Cox, who played with Sirianni at the Colts. Against Durham Smythe, the number two tight end with the Dolphins, who played 62% of the snaps next to Mike Gesicki last year, 24-357 for the Philadelphia Natives, Zach. Where's he from? High school Sm- or born? Sm- Smythe's a Philly native? He's a Philly guy, according to Pro Football Reference, born in Philly. <laughs> I swear that 90% of the players I pull up on Pro Football Reference, it says born Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, there are like eight times a day where this happens to me. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, he went to high school. Were people in Texas. just getting busy in Philadelphia like 27 <laughs> years ago. Was there something where was there like a big blizzard or something that I forgot about, where people were just inside making babies who turned into football players? Bo, you're with me, right? I saw your yes, eyes. It's that true. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would go in in this equation. I would go uh, Mo Alley Cox, former basketball player. 
Uh, who... Of course, most famous for me predicting on the uh, erstwhile oh, Journey to the gosh. Draft podcast that uh, as a college basketball player, he would be a future NFL tight end. There you go. Uh, VCU, if, 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 if you recall, he was there. And he has experience with uh, a lot of guys on this coaching staff. And so if they were to sign a backup tight end of those two, I could see Owie Cox. The thing is, the reason Smythe played as often as he did last year is he was the blocking tight end. Jacecki was almost like the slot receiver for them. So if they wanted to have more of the natural blocker, you could go Smythe, but I would still think Allie Cox would be the way to go. Tight end market's out of control. Like, I mean, who knows? Mo Allie Cox could get $6 million a year or something crazy. I mean, he's, by all accounts, a better player than Ian Thomas, who the Carolina Panthers signed for, in one of the most mind-boggling de- deals, the $5.6 million a year. Uh, so I don't know that either of them is likely, but yeah, I'm just going to not overthink it and say Allie Cox has the Colts connection with uh with Sirianni I don't know that you need like a blocking tight end Goddard can block uh and so I would I would go with him all right finally we have the offensive line matchup unlikely the Eagles will make a big splash here but uh potentially if they were to do so let's say Jason Kelsey retires uh James Daniels the young interior offensive lineman from the Bears 25 years old probably going to get a big deal but could uh interest the Eagles if they want to play at the top of the market or you need a swing tackle if you're going to trade Andre Dillard how about Dennis Kelly, who, according to uh, the uh, numbers, how trustworthy, trustworthy they are, we don't know, the third best per snap protector among all tackles in the league last year. They're not going to get James Daniels, so I would go Dennis Kelly. Yeah, James Daniels will be paid to be a starter, and yes. probably, you know he hasn't played great, but uh, so that's not even – I mean, I would imagine he's not even like on a list for them. I, I don't see any scenario. Yeah. Now, watch. They're going to go out and see it. So just, they're just first signing Monday. The negotiating Adam Schefter tweets out, Eagles and James Daniels have agreed to a four-year deal worth like, $60 million. Yeah. No. Uh, yes, I guess Kelly, but uh, is Kelly like a legit swing tackle though? I mean, he's been mostly a right tackle, I believe, but he's more like a tackle uh, guard type. Yeah. Yes. I think that's right. So yeah, Kelly. All right. All right. We move now to the main part of the bracket, the Alshon Jeffrey region. So we have 15 wide receivers and Mo Alley. Oh, oh, you arranged it. Like, do you always do this by position? No, this is new. This is new. You were were wondering if we'd notice, and we almost didn't. (laughs) That's right. So the Alshon Jeffrey region, again, ranked, uh, seeded in order of where they rank on Shields' top 150. So we have number one, Allen Robinson, who is the ninth overall player on Shields' 150, 29 years old, coming off a down year in Chicago. He goes up against Mo Alley-Cox. I'm going to go Alley-Cox. I think uh, Robinson... Robinson. Oh, so is this the wait? This was the one sixteen. Wait, but yeah. it's ranked by how I ranked them. Yes. Oh, so it's not ranked by like the most likely guy is the one seed. Correct. Oh, okay. okay. Correct. Yeah. I was yes, gonna I say mean, this is like a Virginia no. UMBC right. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Robinson is coming off a down year, but I mean, wide receivers usually get paid. I don't think they're gonna give big money to somebody like that. And I would say Ali Cox would be more likely. I would think Allen Robinson would be more likely in a in a a one-year deal to reset his value. I, I don't know if Philadelphia is the best place to reset his value, but I I think that when you look at what the market might be, uh, it is a crowded receiver group. Perhaps th- in the Alshon Jeffrey bracket, he literally takes the Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey route, which right. is 
the bears and someone points out i should have i should have i should have uh, loudly announced this as the yeah i jeffrey regional <laughs> yes uh, okay so you go oh, you... i hadn't scrolled down i thought comments had stopped okay yeah. <laughs> uh, blizzard of 95 and 96 everyone's pointing out mm, maybe there was something to that so you uh i'm sorry zach you're going alan robinson so i have yes. to break the tie you break the tie uh my sense is that the eagles are not likely to spend at the very top of the wide receiver market so i will go with uh a mo alley cox reunion on the on the chief a 16-1 upset interesting uh okay the 8-9 matchup Number 49 right, on Shields. Short and tight. Number 49 on Shields list. Marquez Valdez Scantling versus number nine, the 63rd overall player, Will Fuller. Zach. Will Go Fuller from? Roman Catholic. There you go. Yes. Watch Will Fuller in high school. That guy can run. That's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much what the scouting report has been on him since then. <laughs> I can run. Uh, I think oh the, the Marquez Valdez scaling thing. I feel like uh, is has a chance to be the what turns out to be the worst contract of of the offseason. Like this guy moving to a, a non Aaron Rodgers quarterback. I feel like and getting and getting paid like ten twelve million dollars could be a disaster for somebody. He's he's gonna get paid. This is another area where the Panthers screwed up the market by giving Robbie Anderson over $14 million a year. Uh, now, Will Fuller signed a one-year $10 million deal last uh, offseason. And what did he He barely played last year, right? What did he Correct. play in? Uh, uh, played in two games last year. And so you would think that number comes down. So, I don't know. Will Fuller, one-year $8 million flyer, always injured. But if you if it's a one-year deal and you just need someone to stretch the field, yeah, that would make more sense to me. I would think uh, Valdez, Scantling, uh, you know, I would agree with you, Bo. I could see him going to a bad team. But there are a lot of teams that just want someone who can run, stretch the field. Uh, so I think he will have more of a market. So I will go with Fuller. Okay, I'm going I forward agree. as well. I know Zach's going with Fuller. Yes. I mean, Zach's just putting Fuller in the final four already, probably. No, well, you know, when you do that sometimes, know who you just else. like the team right. and you just keep putting them in there. Mm. That's why I asked, are we forecasting here or are right. we evaluating? If we were evaluating, we can call this right now. Kimmy Will Fuller, right? Mm. I mean, I wouldn't have to drive far. Well, no, it's interesting because the Eagles have not had have not had success bringing Philly guys home. Right? I have such a small sample. Yeah, we don't size, need to right? get into yes. that conversation. Yeah. All right. Uh, the 512, Michael Gallup, number 38 on Shields list against Emmanuel Sanders. Number 114, 35 years old. I actually don't think that like signing someone like Emmanuel Sanders is the craziest thing for the Eagles. I think Sanders is shot. Um, I, well, I, I think that might be Jeez. a little too. Sorry if you're listening, Emmanuel. You've had a great uh, career. Yeah, uh, He gets signed by the Eagles. He listens back to this podcast to familiarize himself with the Settle most popular down. Eagles God. content. <laughs> All right. Will to Emmanuel Sanders, and it's like, Perhaps Jeez. that was a little excessive. I, I was there. I was involved in once getting Emmanuel Sanders some of that sweet, sweet paid content money, baby. Ooh, good job. Uh, yeah, so I, I think Michael Gallup would be more of the route they would go. That said, with Amari Cooper likely on uh on his way out, part of that is to facilitate a return for Michael Gallup. So perhaps <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders is more likely, but I'll I'll still say Gallup here. Yeah, I think Gallup's going back to Dallas, and if he hits the open market, we'll have more of a market. Emmanuel Sanders, I don't know why he would sign with the Eagles on a one-year deal at 35 years old. I don't know that he's going to keep playing, but you know, say they 
have an injury uh, in the spring or training camp comes around and they say, Hey, shoot, we, you know, these guys are not developing. We need another wide receiver and he wants to keep playing. So I would say Sanders would be more likely. Okay. And I, I agree with you. Sanders moves on. Uh, next up, this is a, uh, this is probably the highlight matchup of the first round for the wide receivers. Uh, we have the four seed Christian Kirk, who is number 18 on shields list, 25 years old, going up against Sirianni's boy, Zach Pascal. Number one sixteen. My uh, my understanding of Zach Pascal is that he's the Jalen Hurts of receivers, in that uh, he does everything well that you want, except for get open and catch the ball. So I have an issue with the selection committee here. Why are you putting this this great matchup right? This should be an elite eight matchup. This should, I I know well, why you're doing. I'm it glad by the you ranking. asked, Zach, because yeah. as I complained about before, I stick to the bracket principles. I stick okay. to the rules. Okay, yeah, I mean this this should be this should be something that's prime time on Sunday night for the elite eight. This yes. shouldn't be something that's these Thursday are these are two of the more likely three more likely answers. I agree, but exactly. You know, that happens. So so I'll I'll give you my my quick rundown here. There's a rumor going around at the combine that Christian Kirk is a player to watch for the Eagles. Uh, one thing that I I did wow. write the other day was that uh, was that the Eagles could be in the market for a slot receiver. That they don't think Quez Watkins. It's a slot only guy. There's this idea that I've perpetuated based on what I think that the Eagles need a prototypical X receiver, kind of opposite of Devontae Smith. But from 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 my understanding, they're looking more for three guys who they can move around the formation. So Devontae, Quez Watkins, and perhaps a slot guy. Christian Kirk has a background with Aaron Moorhead. He has a background with Kevin Petulo. He's an ascending player. They could nice. be priced out of the Christian Kirk market. Now, is it I Christian Kirk they- or Kirk Christian? It's Christian Kirk, okay. but I think they will be involved in uh, in trying to get Christian Kirk here. I also think Zach Pascal could be a fallback option because I don't think he's 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 going to be expensive. So I'm going to go Christian Kirk here, but this one's a really tough matchup to pick, and the loser of this could actually win the bracket. So wow. hard to say. Now there uh, is also a bit of a, a misconception about Christian Kirk, I believe, because he played primarily in the slot last year but before that he, he spent plenty of time on the outside yes. so he he can play on the outside sorry when larry fitzgerald was there he played on the outside yes. right 77 catches for 982 yards last year i mean they're gonna be and he's 25 years old they're gonna be willing to pay to i don't know maybe maybe i i mean i i would be surprised if they made a splash like that and were the highest bidder for someone like that and it makes sense that they would be in on that type of player but you're talking about a floor of probably 12 million dollars a year for christian kirk uh with some legitimate upside there uh if multiple teams get involved pascal to me seems like the classic sign a guy who could be starting caliber and try to draft over him type deal. Uh, so I think Pascal to me would be more likely on a much more uh, reasonable contract. Uh, I will go and break the tie and go with Pascal as well. I think, uh, I think, I think the interest in Christian Kirk is maybe a little overstated. Uh, it feels like one of those things that like was a whisper down the lane thing at the combine, right? One one person hears that and then all of a sudden everybody hears it. Uh he makes sense, but I think I think How do you know? Right. You don't know what Zach was. I mean, Zach wasn't with you the entire. I know we spent a lot of time well, together. True. It wasn't every waking moment. I'm not. I'm not. No, no. But Zach didn't say he heard. He said like uh, it was okay. a thing at the combine, right? This All was right. not Zach's reporting. Listen, um, let's uh, we're we're this a podcast. This isn't like going I'm on going the front Pascal. page of the I New York think, Times. I, I think if they're going to make a we're big splash, casually. it's not going to be a receiver. I'm going. I'm going Pascal. I have an assignment for Denise in and in, in the. <laughs> 
in the time I, I've been on this podcast, so since July of 2019, when there's been a tie for Bo to break, how often has he gone with Shields' side? Because oh, I would say it's like, it's probably like 95 to 5 in Shields' I have thought about this before, and I and I have I have consci- consciously uh, gone on your <laughs> side in order to make sure that it's not too lopsided. Uh, so. You're like the Eagles front office trying to overcorrect. <laughs> overcorrect. Uh, Zach's never going to let us hear the end of this if they sign Christian Kirk, by the way. <laughs> I agree with that. And rightfully so. Yeah, this could be your like uh, your Josh so. Sweat uh, type. Yeah, he type could kill me. Yeah. He could kill us for it. No, Although, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. Said, they might was, be priced out. Yeah, this was a this out. was a Titanic matchup in the first round. Oh my round. god, we're in the first region here. Let's. All go. right, we go next to uh, DJ Shark coming off the injury, but all the way up at number seventeen in Shields ranking. Uh, maybe a good candidate for a big money one year deal to uh, rebuild his value. Only twenty six years old, going up against Braxton Berrios. Number one nineteen on Shields list. Not the kind of guy I usually like, but I, you know, I dug into a little Braxton Berrios. I feel like he makes sense for the Eagles. So Slot far, be it for and me. solves their kickoff return issue. He was the All-Pro kickoff returner. Of the as three they saw of us, close. of the three of us, I'm the last one on this podcast who should correct pronunciations. Okay, because I'm like the Bill Simmons of this podcast in terms mm. of pronunciations. But Flex. I believe it's I believe it's Shark and not Shark. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me it was like Barrios, but. No, no, no. It's DJ Shark. It's DJ Shark. So I agree with I agree with what you said about Barrios. I I actually think he could be an intriguing fit. I don't see why the Jets are going to let him go. I mean, they they have cap space. They have a need at the position. And Jacksonville seems you know they're they're in transition here. Shark has. He had a thousand yard season his second year there. His production has declined since then. The general manager who drafted him is now in this Eagles front office. He'd be a guy who I would target. And he's I can see him as a guy that they could potentially target. So I'm gonna go DJ Shark here. Yeah, Shark would be a that that would not be a bad move. Now he may have to settle for the Will Fuller one year ten million dollar deal because he's coming off a season in which he played just four games, or a team could say we don't care about that. Uh, like they did with Kenny Galladay last year, the Giants did, and pay him a big deal. I think you're probably talking about in the neighborhood uh, of $15 million a year for DJ Chark. So you're making a legit commitment here to him. He's 26 years old. Uh, I think he's a good player with upside. Uh, I'm just a little skeptical that they would go that uh jump into that market. Barrios to me is not going to be expensive. You were talking about a slot receiver. I mean, he's a slot receiver depth helps you on special teams. I think that's more of the neighborhood they're going to be shopping in. So I'm going Barrios. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been painted. I've been boxed into a corner here. I can't, I can't side with you now after Zach called sure me out. Sure. You can stick to your guns. No, say what you think. Otherwise I, I, you're I, really, I, do this whole thing when you're wrong. About I like, you really I like Barrios, do. but I actually no think time shark is more, I, I think it's more likely that they've got, let's say they've got a target. Uh, safety who signed somewhere else. They've got like an allotted big money contract to spend and they, and they move it to shark. So I will go shark. Uh, next up, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, who the Eagles were reportedly uh, somewhat interested in last off season is at 47 on shields list had that one big season three years ago has been very disappointing since, but only 25 years old against Sammy Watkins, who is number one Oh four on shields list will be uh, 29 next season. 
I could really see it with Smith Schuster. I mean, slot receiver, uh, but maybe he can play on the outside. He's 25 years old. I think he does the little stuff that will be appealing to a Sirianni. He's a competitive guy. He makes tough catches over the middle. Uh, you know, he gets after it uh, in the run game, which I personally don't care about, but I would imagine that they do uh, care about. Only got a one-year, $8 million deal last offseason and is now coming uh, off a season in which he had just 15 catches for 129 yards. Like if that number comes down, uh, you know, that, that he, he's a guy who I think if you, depending on how you guys vote, could make some noise in this bracket. Sammy Watkins, I mean, uh, I wouldn't really want anything to do with uh, Sammy Watkins now. He's kind of bounced around every year and not been that productive. Smith-Schuster, also a fun guy to cover. So I would like that. Cover as a reporter, not cover as a corner. <laughs> Mm, I know well, that's right. Apparently not that difficult to cover. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I actually, I mean, I, I agree uh, Smith Schuster, but I just think Sammy Watkins is not even like, he's not good, but he's, he, he would, he, he would be useful on this team. Like they could still use somebody to line up out there. If he's, if it's like a $4 million deal, I think that's fine. You disagree. Okay. Uh, I just don't want to tie. I want to move on. That's all. Okay. Uh, Russell Gage. 48 on Shields list, 26 under the radar player. Feel like this could be an interesting option for the Eagles. He goes up against AJ Green, who's 34 years old. Yeah, I would go Russell Gage here. And and my quick note on, on Russell Gage, probably like the most anonymous LSU receiver in the NFL. A lot of these LSU right. receivers, you you watch them like three, four years in college. He was there, but you 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 really had to watch every LSU game to recall that. But Russell Gage in this category. Yeah, nearly 1,600 yards over the past two seasons. I mean, so that's like a legit, you know, number two wide receiver production, 26 years old. Uh, so I, I think, you know, he's maybe a rich man's version of Zach Pascal, uh, I, I guess you could say. And so might cost a little bit more. But if they want like a legit starting caliber guy who's not going to break the bank, he would make sense. I mean, A.J. Green would make no sense to me. Uh, I thought he was cooked two years ago. He was better last year for the Cardinals for sure, but I don't know why you would want to mess with someone who, who's that old right now. So we've got Manuel Sanders shot and A.J. Green cooked just for them. I am still – I like Emmanuel Sanders a little bit. I'm not going Well, you have Emmanuel Sanders moment. at 114 and A.J. Green at 85. Well, A.J. Green was better last year. Okay. If you're on your fourth team in four years, I think that says something, doesn't okay. it? Jeez. I think the what? Russell Gates no, thing What could... the hell did Emmanuel Sanders do to you? <laughs> My God. He I had think... 600 yards last year. I, I think, you're right. You're right. I think Russell Gage is 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 interesting. Like I I might be interested in him if I were the Eagles. Okay. Uh, now we have we have a, a, a theoretical one here. Amari Cooper, if the Cowboys do go through with cutting him, is at number two. I'm just guessing where she would have him. Uh, and he goes up against Zach's boy, the most dangerous weapon in the league, Jamison Crowder at 127. <laughs> Cooper I mean, would be number one, by the way. He Cooper would be ahead better, of Robinson, yeah, yeah, wide receiver than. Uh, Allen Robinson, uh, I don't, I mean, that's a lot of money. Even there's something going on there where teams don't want him. I would probably be pretty cautious uh, about that one. He can definitely play and be productive. Uh, but that, that would surprise me. So I'll go Crowder, uh, inexpensive slot receiver. We could, you know, mock Zebram about it all season long. If he has no catches, it's really just a he has win, this monster win across year the board. And Zach, it's just the year of ZB becomes like the, the sequel. Continues. Yeah. yeah. It's like the decade. Yeah, I mean, Jamison Crowder can play. I'd rather have Amari Cooper on my team. I think Amari Cooper is going to get big money in a Not place if I was like Jack- compromised in a place like Jacksonville, 
but give me Jameson Crowder and for this exercise. How okay, we'll we do it. We'll do it a little differently this year. Instead of going all the way through the first round, why don't we fill out this this region okay. and we'll we'll okay. crown a wide receiver winner. So we next go uh, Mo Ali Cox against Will Fuller. Allie Cox. Fuller. So it's gonna be Fuller. Okay, so we can go on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do that every time. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I I could see Fuller. I could see Fuller. We don't need to discuss these. Just pick. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders against Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal. Pascal. Pascal the Rascal. Uh, Next up, DJ Shark against Juju Smith-Schuster. I would say Juju is more likely. I would go Shark, but I think Juju is more likely. Smith-Schuster. Okay. And then Russell Gage against Jameson Crowder. Gage. Gage. Okay. Will Fuller against Pascal the Rascal. Pascal. Pascal. Juju Smith-Schuster against Russell Gage. Juju. Juju. Wow. The Elite Eight matchup to crown the winner of the Alshon Jeffrey region. Zach Pascal against Juju Smith-Schuster. Who moves to the Final Four? She'll first. Pascal. Yeah, I stand wow. by what I so said. exciting. I stand by what I said. That, that you just love a Zach. No, the, I said the Kirk Pascal, the, the Kirk Pascal matchup. Oh. The, the loser of that can win the bracket. Well, I'm right there because uh, Zach Pascal <laughs> right going. There. Zach Pascal goes to the Final Four. 27 right. years old, 38 catches for 384 yards last year, but 2019 to 2020 had over 1,200 yards total and 10 touchdowns. His numbers were terrible. Like uh, I was looking at, no. it's like the per quarterback route, wasn't like, great. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, come on. That would be, I mean, they need to, they do need to sign somebody, but if that's the answer, it's a little disappointing. There would be nothing exciting about that. They need to, if they sign him, they, it just means that they're going to, they need to draft someone in the first three rounds. This would be like Doug P signing Chase Daniel, right? Sirianni loves him some Zach Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We move now to the Chris Long region. Uh, We have uh, 15 edge rushers and uh, Dennis Kelly as the 16 seed. Chandler Jones, number three on Shields' list against Dennis Kelly, who's more likely to land with the Eagles. Oh, so Dennis Kelly just lands with all the edge rushers? <laughs> Why didn't you put this in the O-line region? Oh, there wait, no, no, who is, there is yeah. no line region. No, it actually okay. makes sense because the edge rushers go I up mean, against offensive linemen. That makes the sense. tight ends okay. are like wide receivers. Dennis the Kelly. The quarterbacks are going they're... up against the secondary. Dennis and Kelly. then the running backs are going up against the linebackers. I thought it all through. Dennis Kelly. <laughs> This is great. Uh, Dennis Kelly. They're uh, not okay. signing Chandler Jones. Congratulations to Dennis Kelly. Uh, the 8-9 matchup, Justin Houston, number 77 on Shields list, 33 years old against Dante Fowler, number 89, 28 years old, coming off a very disappointing string in Atlanta. Could be looking for a uh, one-year rebuild type deal. I just think Justin Houston in a uh, Kerrigan-type role here. Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, Justin Houston was much better last year, I think, than uh, probably Kerrigan was the year before. But he didn't get—he barely got any money uh, last year as a free agent. So yeah, I think I, I would go with Houston. I would have gone Fowler. So there okay. you go. Uh, now I think uh, just—I was just on to- the fence there. I mean, Fowler, I don't think is good, but he's young, so and he's probably going to be cheap. But they're well, both he's got that—he's got that anchored first round value that that how he might be interested in. I think defensive end is. Um, the second most pressing free agent need for them after safety. 
and it doesn't have to be they don't have to play at the top of the market, but it, it it's very similar to me as a wide receiver was two years ago in the, in the Jalen Rager year where they need to sign somebody so that they don't have to force a pick in the draft, even though they're going to draft an edge rusher. Like right now it's Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and Teron Jackson. Brandon Graham's 34 coming off a of torn Achilles. Like they can't rely on anything from him. So they, they need a body here. So Justin Houston would, it was in Indy with their coaching staff. Yeah. That's yeah, true. So that's uh, real quick, breaking news here. Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal. Wow. For, for Jeff Passan. So, uh, well, are news. we sure it's Jeff Passan or was he hacked again? I mean, I, I imagine this is going to be all over the place in a minute here. Uh, I don't uh, know that I've ever paid less attention yeah. to a story. It's a tough, it's a tough scene. <laughs> Just, yeah. It's good to have all baseball right. back. Yes. Well, let's get it back first. Okay. Uh, next up. Emmanuel Agba, the five seed, number 20 on Shields list against Al-Kadeen Muhammad, who is unranked on Shields the, list. A, the a font Colts. on Al-Kadeen Muhammad because of how many letters are in his name is really unbelievable. I feel like I'm doing an eye test here. Like cover one eye. What's the third letter? Q, W, Z, Y. You can barely see it. Uh, Al-Kadeen Muhammad, 27 years old, played on the Colts with uh, Gannon. And uh, by the, you know, on the, uh, I did those, like quadrants on the shopping guide have played a lot and affected the uh, pass rusher. He uh, does not score well on that. He's, he is uh, not a great player. Uh, Al-Kadi Muhammad. Yeah. Al-Kadi Muhammad is a, uh, he was a former, I believe Don Bosco prep. I I recall him in high school when I was in North Jersey there, but uh, I think they will be priced out of Agba because I don't think they're going to (laughs) pay huge here. And Muhammad has a little background with some people on the staff. So give me, Muhammad. I mean, if we're doing a bracket of the like nuggets uh, from bracketology, Al Kadeen Muhammad going to Don Bosco Prep has to be a one seed. I mean, I would say. I mean, really, how many listeners are just going to be rushing home for their families, dropping that nugget? Dude, I'll go. That I can tell you, that's the tip of the iceberg. If you want nuggets here, because I, I'm. Yeah. You got more I got, on Why would anyone got, listen to this? I got uh, nuggets for almost all these players. Al Kadeen so, Muhammad. Agba, I think, is going to be an expensive, coveted player. All right. Speaking of former uh, Colts defensive linemen, we have Randy Gregory, the four seed, going up against Kamoko Ture, who is 27 years old. Uh, he, he actually was uh, pretty efficient as a pass rusher in terms of hitting the quarterback, has had trouble staying healthy. But uh, curiously, even though he was – uh, effective last year, did not play very much for a team that was starved for pass rush help. Teray, he's got the connection. Gregory yep. is a big buyer. Beware. I mean, uh, has you know played in twelve games last year. Was a rotational player in twenty twenty. Out of football in twenty nineteen. Has played more than twelve games just once in his career. I would be very cautious about paying him uh, a lot of money. So Teray, I would go Teray as well. And he's a Jersey guy too. He is a Jersey guy. I believe he also in in Carson Wentz's first game back against the Eagles back in 2018. I believe he had a sack that game. There you go. Uh, An interesting matchup in the 314. We have Hassan Reddick, another uh, Philadelphia connection, Camden native, the three seed, uh, 14th overall on Shields list, 28. uh, I believe third or fourth in the league. No, fifth in the league in sacks over the past two seasons uh, versus a guy you might remember from the Eagles-Cardinals game two years ago, Dennis Gardeck, 
the 28 year old diminutive uh, sort of that's interesting relative. player. I know. I, well, I knew that was going to come. Uh, I know that's all relative. Uh, the the highest rate of hitting the quarterback per pass rush in the league over the past two seasons had seven sacks two years ago. None last year. Something weirds going on, but could be an interesting option to fill that same position. Got to be better than Jannard Avery. Uh, I think Reddick, if they're going to make a splash, would probably be on my uh, short list. So uh, I think that, uh, like you've said, last two years, players with more sacks than Hassan Reddick, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Trey Hendrickson, and Aaron Donald. That's it. Uh, so 28 years old, could play that same linebacker position, which I'm so freaking sick of hearing about, uh, but could give you some pass rush, uh, a lot of pass rush, actually. And so didn't have a big market last offseason, a one-year $6 million deal. So I would go with Reddick. I would go Reddick too, but before you sign and before you pay any money, you would need to say to Jonathan Gannon, what is your plan for him? Don't try to fit Hassan Reddick into your defense. Have a plan tailored around Hassan Reddick because you don't spend money on him unless you have a plan. The six versus 11, Charles Harris, 42nd overall on Shields list against Lorenzo Carter, 124th on Shields list. Both guys relatively young. Harris, of course, was uh, in the Barnett draft, and uh, Eagles chose Barnett over him. Would be somewhat ironic for them to sign him now. No strong feeling, Lorenzo Carter. Yeah. Let's move on. So actually, Lorenzo Carter is 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 one of my sleeper. Like, oh, if, okay. If, I take it back. Well, not for the Eagles. If I was a GM though, and I was oh, trying to look, and I was trying to look for like an underrated pass rusher, I think Lorenzo Carter is a place I I I, I will look like. Real toolsy coming out of Georgia. Um, he's he's shown the ability to get to the passer. You know, he's he had what like four and a half, five and a half sacks in the second year. Mediocre. And and but but I think he can be a, a a late blooming type, like gamble on 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 those tools. He's he's kind of been like knee jerked into different uh schemes. So he's he's kind of an underrated guy to watch. I would definitely I never heard knee jerk to use like that before. I'm used to the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard of somebody knee-jerking somebody. That's yeah, that's I, I would much rather have Lorenzo I like Carter it. than Charles Harris. I agree with that. Okay. Charles Lorenzo Harris Carter. is one of these guys. It's like like J. Ron Curse or uh, Sewell Douglas potentially. Right. These guys like you don't you don't pay for the guy who had the the surprise one year spike after the fact. You try to find that guy. That's easier said than done. But come on. Uh, all right. Uh, this is an interesting one. Now, you say, like, Reddick is the guy they could go for. To me, Uchenna Nwosu is the guy I could see the Eagles uh, going all in for on the edge here. He is the uh, 46th overall player on your list, Shield, 25 years old, uh, battled injuries a little bit in the beginning of his career, but very efficient pass rusher, versatile, can, uh, can stand up a little bit. He goes up against Arden Key, who went through that uh, 49ers uh, defensive line rehabilitation and is number 90 on your list. So yeah, shout I, think out you're, real quick. I think you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Shout out real quick to to Bo's outstanding shopping list that appeared today because uh, because nobody has know, read it. I I I definitely read it, and you sold me on Nuosu. So I'm gonna go Nuosu because that that's the exact type of profile that they should target. Yeah, I think you make a good case for Nuosu. It's a sort of Reddick uh, Reddick light potentially. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, Jadevion Clowney. Number 10 on Shields' list. I mean, the the delightful irony of Carson Wentz coming into the division and then the Eagles signing Jadeveon Clowney might be too much for Howie to pass up on. 
He goes up against an unranked player and uh, a Nate Tice favorite, apparently, you said, Shield. Obo Okoronkwo, an efficient uh, pass rusher on the, about 20% of the snaps for the Rams. Yeah, I don't know if he's a favorite. I mean, we had to do like under the radar, you know, names uh, on the athletic football show yesterday. And, I, you know, I would I didn't go that deep, you know, like, I mean, even Uchenna Nwosu would have been, I thought, a fine under the radar name. And he's coming at me with what's his name? Obo Okoronkwo. Okay. Loved him okay. in college. Now there's Loved a difference because well there it's there's confu- there's a, a bit of confusion because there's also Ola okay. Odenayi who's on the Titans and is a very similar profile. And Oseo Digazua. Well yeah, but he's not an edge free agent. Okay, I'm going Obo. Yeah, I mean he was. This awesome isn't the year Oklahoma. you want to. This isn't the year you want to pay for Clowney. You want to agree. if you're going to take a flyer on Clowney, last off season was the time. Uh, okay. Awesome at OU. Uh, a very funny second round matchup: Dennis Kelly against Justin Houston. <laughs> I mean, uh, if we're what, a Cinderella, about, what a Cinderella run for DK. If we're talking about one on ones at training camp. I'm going Houston all day, probably uh, on that one. But uh, more likely for the Eagles, who? It's a tough one. Who? Zach? Did you already say Houston? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Justin. Houston. All right, I'll go Houston. I'll go Houston. Yeah. Why are they signing a swing to like uh, if, an they trade, line? if they yeah, trade Andre Dillard? Yeah, but they can they can draft and develop that position. Well, not maybe. I mean, Lane Johnson's old. Like you might need to, you might need to depend on that guy. All right, Al Kadeen Muhammad against Kamoko Ture. Real interesting matchup of former Colts. Colts former Jersey Colts guys. Action. Yes, Jersey guys. I go Kamoko Ture here. I'll go Ture. Well, my vote doesn't matter yeah. then. I was okay. going to go Muhammad. Okay, and if if you recall, Bo did a mock fifty three man roster at the end of the season, and he had Ture on on that roster. Well, I didn't remember that. Uh, Hassan Reddick against Lorenzo Carter. Hassan Reddick. Reddick. Uchenna Nwosu against Obo Okoronkwo. Nwosu. Nwosu. Justin Houston against Kamoko Ture. Ture. Uh, Houston. You kind of talked me into the – which one of you said the Houston Kerrigan thing? Zach said that. Yes. Yeah. I kind of like that. I don't think they need, uh, I think Brandon Graham is their. That's true. Their like roll of the dice on an old guy okay. for one Who more is year. Kimoko but, you're, <laughs> but you're still going with Shields guy. Right? She's like, no, I'm yeah, going not, with, it's I'm not Justin Ray. Houston against Miles. Yes. Well, no, but you, you, you wrote <laughs> Justin you Houston between two guys. No, oh, you, I'm not writing Jesus. that. That's, that's oh, Ken. Okay. Okay. I'm go, okay. I'm going with Kimoko to Ken, he went to Ray. Okay. Uh, okay. Hassan Reddick against Uchenna Nuosu. This is interesting. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, it's you know what it the the uh, the Reddick deal last offseason is curious. Like I'm I'm still it was weird then that he didn't get paid more money. Uh, I feel like there's a chance Nuosu might still make more money. He's only going to be 25, whereas Reddick's going to be 28. I don't know. Could they? obviously their rankings uh, on your on your top 150 disagree with that. But I'm going Reddick. I will go Reddick here too, uh, because I, I I do know Howie Roseman's prioritizing improving the pass rush this offseason, and Reddick gives you at least more established pass rushing chops. Okay, Hassan Reddick against Kamoko Ture to get to the final four. Hassan Reddick for me. Didn't think I was going to go there, but as actually as I was doing my piece with the predictions for each team, I did toy with the idea of. Uh, of a Hassan Reddick, but I, I ultimately gave him to the Seahawks. Oh, uh, I guess I would go Reddick. 
And I'm going Reddick too. Okay. We move on uh, to the Jatavis Brown region. Wait, wait. Is there an ad break that we need to get to? Oh, yes. You know what? Let's get to the ad break, and then we'll come back with the Jatavis Brown region. Boy, what a tease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, we move now to the Jatavis Brown region in the 2022 free agent quackatology comprised of linebackers and a few defensive tackles. The number one seed, Bobby Wagner, going up against the big boy, Deontay Foreman, who got through in the first four. Bobby Wagner's not coming to Philadelphia, so Deontay <laughs> Foreman. Foreman. Okay, this is a, this is an interesting one because we have our first player who Shiel actually predicted yes. to go to the Eagles in his piece today, the number eight seed and the number eighty eight overall player in his one fifty, the thirty year old Anthony Barr. And what I what I appreciated Shiel about that was that you knew that Birds with Friends listeners would already know the connection between Anthony Barr and Nick Rallis from their time together in Minnesota. It went unsaid. You just you, you threw it in there, and then you've got. I've got uh, William Golston, the nine seed uh, defensive tackle for or interior defensive lineman rather from the uh, Bucks, number ninety three on your list, thirty one overall. I think William Golston's good, but I think we the, know where you're voting. The readers who should be upset with me would be the ones who their teams are last in alphabetical order because when it was like two fifteen <laughs> and I was getting to the Tennessee Titans and Washington Commanders, I was just going, "Who the hell is left on my spreadsheet?" Oh, Here interesting. You, you did it alphabetically. Well, no, I had about eight different methods, all of which were terrible and disorganized. Okay. That's just where I landed on at the end. Uh, yeah, William Golston is a solid uh, player, interior pass rush, starting caliber player. but Very good uh, uh, pass rush numbers. Yeah, I think Anthony Barr, yeah, I didn't love that one for the Eagles, but I just thought cheap linebacker, you know, they take a flyer on these linebackers, it seems like every offseason. He's got the connection, as you mentioned uh, 30 years old so you know if it's like a one-year deal maybe that would make sense so yes i'm going with i mean Barr. he seems like like instead of trying to find the guy who's going to be your anthony Barr at that position just sign anthony Barr. but he has to stay healthy yeah jonathan gannon gave a whole thing during training camp last year on how this isn't technically the anthony Barr role because Barr played will they used him differently in in stack situations but you know he could also play sam anyways that's a roundabout way of saying like anthony Barr is a, a unique player who could give them a dimension that they haven't had. I understand that there's this like Vikings Eagles pipeline, right? That Anthony Harris can just rent his place to Anthony Barr, Eric Wilson. If Eric Wilson is looking for a sublet situation, Anthony Barr could jump in. But uh, I don't think this is just getting someone because of the background. I think Anthony Barr would be an upgrade to the defense. So give me Anthony Barr here. 
if he can stay healthy, has had real trouble staying healthy the last played year. in 13 games over the last two seasons. Running back at UCLA. Uh, yes. And uh, speaking of Bosco Prep, speaking of guys who have trouble staying healthy and uh, guys with very large necks, Leighton Vanderesh, the uh, 72nd overall player on Shields 150, 26 years old, going up against the unranked Justin Jones the uh, interior defensive lineman from the Los Angeles Chargers who has a little bit of pass rush efficiency to his game also can't stay healthy as Sheil uh, is, is, is just deteriorating before our eyes. I'm dozing off. I'm trying to give the, the viewers something to, something to I don't think. think they're signing Leighton Vander Esch, although that is an intriguing one. I, if you recall when he was coming out in the draft, there were a lot of Eagles fans who – who wanted them to take Van Der Esch, and I think that's someone who they were actually scouting that year. He was great uh, as a rookie. Well, I hope they were scouting was, him. I mean, that's no, their job. Fairly extensively. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going Justin Jones here because I think as as like a, a rotational defensive tackle, he can be an upgrade over Hassan Ridgeway. Yeah, Justin Jones is a good player, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Leighton Van Der Esch, it feels like the injury – issues have affected his play. In other words, when he's still on the field, he's not the same guy he was as a rookie. He was a rotational player last year, so I'll go with Jones. If I can take a second to just say, like, defensive tackle, uh, you know, it's it's not just an upgrade over Hassan Ridgeway they need. You know, they've got a, a very nice top three, it seems like, but Fletcher Cox is declining, and this could be his last season. Javon Hargrave's entering the last year of his deal. They may rework his deal and extend him. This is a, a, a sneaky need uh, long-term. Maybe in the draft. Right. Uh, okay, the four seed, Shields' forty fourth overall player. Uh, uh, player. We stick with the Los Angeles Chargers. Kaiser White, who is a former college safety, moved to linebacker. I think this is a profile that could definitely intrigue the Eagles. Just twenty six years old, he goes up against twenty five year old Tim Settle, the defensive lineman for Washington, who uh, many have predicted is going to sign a monster deal. So uh we called this one fifty. So we 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 <laughs> called this the Jatavius Brown bracket. Kaiser White has some Jatavius Brown qualities to him in terms yes. of obviously comes from the Chargers, that size and style of player. Uh we saw they went in that direction before. They can go in that direction again. I'm going Kaiser White, and I think that's that's a player to keep your eye on here. Yeah, sure. Kaiser White. What worries me about you know, there is a lot of uh like there's a lot of unknown projection when you're getting these linebackers switching schemes, right? It reminds me, Kaiser White reminds me a little bit of Corey Littleton. Uh, two, what is it? Two off seasons ago, everybody's talking about how great Corey Littleton Jeez, is. Like this guy's Littleton. great. Everybody loves him, and he, he he can't play when he goes to Oakland or Las Vegas. Uh, worries me a little bit about Kaiser White, but but I'll go with Kaiser White as well. Uh, next up, Zach's boy, Devondre Campbell, going up against. Uh, Taven Bryan, the defensive tackle, first-round relative bust for the Jaguars, who does have a little bit of pass rush juice, though, uh, according to the numbers. Well, if 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 only the Eagles had listened to the quackatology the past two years, because I was singing Devondre Campbell's praises. Yes, and he goes for he's a low price free agent who's first team All Pro. Is that right? So. Uh, I would say Devontae Campbell, but unfortunately, they're probably priced out at this point. Well, this is what this is. This is who I was thinking of on the J. Ron Curse theme. Is it like you, you signed Devontae Campbell last year, as you said? You don't sign him this year. You sign him every year, in my opinion. But. Wow. 
Could have been had for $2 million last offseason. The Packers got him for Yes, I agree. This is not the time to be signing Devondre Campbell to a large deal, so I will go with Brian, who was not in my top 150. Uh, the recently released Jordan Hicks makes his way onto the bracket at number six. Zach uh, Sears perked up here. He will be 30 years old. Very, like, very funny uh, turn of the career for Jordan Hicks, who was just killed for not being able to stay healthy. And then over the last three years, no linebacker in the league played more snaps except for Bobby Wagner than Jordan Hicks. He goes up against Anthony Walker, who I think is the reigning champion of quackatology. He is number 113 on Shields list. If they sign Jordan Hicks, Bo, and you texted Zach and go, you know, I want to write the Hicks return story. Do you think, I mean, what would he do to you? I feel like that's just, uh, that to Z, that's like coffee to me, that like Zverum would not be having that. He would, he would say uh, very, <laughs> like a very polite, but you know that it's not polite, okay? Or like just a thumbs um, up or something yeah. like that. But he'd No, be I would, I'd probably be like, I'm actually with Jordan now, he says. Well. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Outstanding response. I like that. Zebra probably has like a document on his computer, like Jordan Hicks Nuggets or something. Just oh, just, he's oh, got I, a, have, I have a book here. That's that has, right. Uh, has, you just dig uh, him up. in here on Jordan Hicks. Yes, there he's got go. a syllabus. He's got a syllabus for Jordan Hicks one on one. I will go with. I mean, Hicks wouldn't count against the comp pick formula, right? Uh, you know, they. I would imagine they like all of Hicks's intangibles i don't think he's going to break the bank i mean he did play well in arizona they kept drafting linebackers and i think he was keeping them off the field so i would go with hicks i'll go hicks too i mean I'm a, I'm a little doubtful that they go in that direction now but i think some of that uh you know uh chip kelly guy um what? shine on or stink on him rather has faded away now that he's been in in arizona so i i don't think he's any more looked at in the organization as chip's pick do you guys think I can see you right now? No. This is like a game my kid plays. Yeah, me too. Leo was just playing this with <laughs> yes. me. That's it. It's much more yeah. fun. For the audio listeners, Sheila's just like, he has his hat hanging low over his head. <laughs> uh, we got 18 minutes. The 710, Kyle <laughs> Van Noy against Harrison Phillips. Kyle Van Noy from the Patriots recently released, of course, famous for being V. Annoy. And uh, Harrison Phillips, a young defensive tackle <laughs> from the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners of the Super the post Super Bowl pot, or the Super Bowl week. Oh, I, I see. I was a listener, and I don't recall anything about that. Vianoy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess Vianoy could be like. Yeah, the, he's your Sam. He could be the next Gennard Avery. Um, Harrison Phillips run stuffing. D-tackle. I think he gets paid too much. You think what's Harrison Phillips going to get paid? What are you projecting? Twenty million for Harrison freaking Phillips? <laughs> no, two years, eight million. Oh, okay. That's Were you joking, much? by the way, about Tim Settle, about him getting a lot of money, or is that like an actual? Uh, I think that was. I think that was a back and forth on the Twitter sphere at some point. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was curious. I was like, I haven't read that. Is that something I got to do more work on? I'll go with Van Vianoy. I'll go Van Noy here, but this okay. is a second round loser. So. That was a good one. I'm sorry. I didn't give you credit five years ago. I probably <laughs> just spoke right past it. Uh, we were still in the honeymoon phase back then. Uh, 2.15, Foyasade Aluakan, who I feel like is is maybe Zach's boy to a certain extent. Uh, 27 years old, of course, uh, a Yale product, which I know yes. Zach likes, against uh, Quan Alexander, the 15 seed. Who uh, is still okay when healthy, but has very has not played more than twelve games like any of the last four years. 
they'll be priced out of the Alucon market, in my opinion. But if they want to make a major investment in linebacker, this is the direction I would look. I think he's a really good player. He's an emerging player, and he could be a foundation piece on your defense. So oh, I'll go I'll, Quan Alexander. No, I'll go Alucon oh. here. Yes. Oh, I, I will go with Quan Alexander. I, okay. I mean, Oluwakon, like you said, that's going to be, I think, at least a $10 million per year linebacker. I mean, that would really be a change of uh, yeah. philosophy for them. Deontay Foreman, Anthony Barr. Oh, are we still going? <laughs> Barr. Oh, sorry, someone. Barr, the irony me. here, by the way, is yeah. that uh, I think Barr. the only thing people want to listen to is the safeties, and we're going to crunch yes. the safeties into like six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin Jones, Kazir White. <laughs> White, white, <laughs> white. Taven Bryan, Jordan Hicks. 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 Kyle Van Noy, Quan Alexander. Van Noy. I'll go I'll agree with Van Noy. Okay. Anthony Barr, Kaiser White. Kaiser White. Barr. Kaiser Shizzy. Uh, you're going Kaiser? Go Kaiser White, yeah. Oh, you're knocking oh, me actually, out. Okay. Uh, yeah, Barr's a good one, though, but okay. Mm. I'm knocking you out. I will uh, Jordan not let Hicks. You forget about it. Jordan Hicks, Kyle Van Noy. Hicks. Hicks. I don't think they're. Why do you guys think they're bringing back Jordan Hicks? Well, okay. Uh, go go ahead. White. Tell us to give us Kaiser the Kyle White, Van Jordan Noy Hicks. why you feel so strongly about well, it. I don't. I don't just. Hour I mean, 41 minutes. Kaiser today. White, Jordan you think Hicks. I can even care. Kaiser White. Kaiser Hicks. White. Makes I'm not his letting way. you talk me out of it. Kaiser White makes his way to the final four. All right. The Malcolm Jenkins region. The number one seed, Marcus Williams from the Saints. Five overall on Shields board. 26 years old. Going to get paid a lot of money. He goes up against Jacoby Brissett. He's going to get paid a lot. Williams is 16 to $17 million a year player. I'm going Marcus Williams here. Okay. You think they'll spend it? I agree. I think think if if there's anywhere they're going to make a a splash, it's here. Yes, I agree. Uh, Jordan Whitehead against Terrell Edmonds. This is the uh, Christian Kirk, Zach Paschal matchup of the uh, safety region here. I think Jordan Whitehead might be the guy who they view as like the Malcolm Jenkins here. He's a young guy who has started for a Super Bowl defense. Uh, he's not the guy that everybody's talking about in a very uh, talented safety market. He makes a lot of sense to me and, uh, and, and is a little bit more of a box safety, right? But, but, but does play, I, I noticed in your uh, write-up, Chill, you know, he, he played all over the place in, in Tampa as well. Whereas Terrell I would Edmonds go with is Whitehead. Much, is, Terrell Edmonds is, is a, a limited player who has not lived up to his uh, draft slot. So, I mean, he could have to settle for a lower-end deal, in which case maybe that would make him more likely. But if you're talking about who they would target, I would say Whitehead. So I would go, yeah, I think Whitehead and another guy we'll talk about who we've talked about are the two that uh, are most yeah. likely. I love Bo's description. Whitehead, absolutely. Player to watch here. Uh, Dante Jackson, uh, the 37th overall player on Shields list, very fast second round pick of the Panthers, came to uh, Philadelphia for a pre-draft visit in that process up against uh, Lions safety Tracy Walker, who is 108 on Shields list. It's a good one. Uh, let's go switch it up and go Dante Jackson. I'm trusting Shield here. I, I don't know if they're going to pay up that, that much for a corner, but uh... – it is a premium position, and he is an ascending player. So it can be Dante Jackson. I think they would have to view Dante Jackson not as the Steven Nelson, but as future Darius Slay, as well the guy said. who's going to replace Darius Slay if they're going to do that. Otherwise, I feel like they are in a position where they can just wait out the cornerback market, 
even potentially to after the draft, see if they add somebody, and then there will be a Steven Nelson available if they need somebody. Uh, Charvarius Ward, speaking of which, uh, the Chiefs corner against Ronnie Harrison, uh, the Browns safety, who is 129 on Shields' list, but is also more of a box guy. Charvarius Ward. Sure. Okay. Quandre Diggs. Uh, the three seed 23rd overall on shields list coming off a broken ankle. Good friends with Darius slay up against Desmond King. Who was the, uh, charge or, uh, yeah. you know, he was on the Texans Titans. last year. Titans. Titans. Oh yeah. 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 Texans. Texans. He was on the right. Titans before that. Um, I, I actually really like Desmond King. He's like an Avante Maddox type player, but I, I would think Quantre digs here because of the type of role he could play in this defense. It's a tough one. Diggs is a very, very good safety, but suffered a season-ending injury in week 18 last year, I believe. But, you know, leader, uh, free safety option. Uh, you know, he. I, I think he, he would certainly be a nice addition. Desmond King, I could see too. He played outside last year after having played in the slot. Probably isn't going to cost you a lot. Bo, do you have a strong opinion here where I have to make a decision or no? Uh, who did Zach go for? Zach went King. I no, no, like... no, 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 I went Diggs. Oh, you went Diggs. Oh, right. interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I said, I, mean, I, I like King, but I would, I would Diggs, Diggs is, this. he's 29. It's not like you're, it's not like you're solving this position long-term. I go Desmond King. Oh, so I do have to. Yeah. She'll break the tie. Ooh, I will go with King. Okay. Uh, this is another, uh, interesting matchup in the first round guys who, uh, both could potentially make it uh, to the end. Uh, Justin Reed, who we have talked about as a potential obvious target for the Eagles, uh, 67th overall in Shield's list. Shield projected him to go to the Eagles in his exercise today, 25 years old. Up against Levi Wallace, the Bills corner, who to me looks like if they're going to sign a corner, he he is like exactly what they would be looking for. Levi Wallace is Steven Nelson. Right, but younger. Okay. Uh, I would go with uh, Justin Reed. As as would I, he'd be a player that I would target if 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 I were Howie Roseman. I love him coming out of Stanford. I think that he's an ascending player still. Uh, he can play deep for you. He's got speed. Was a legitimate four four guy coming out. Uh, I I really like Justin Reed. Give me yeah. Justin. He was the other one I was talking about with Whitehead. I think right. those are the two I sort of look at and say maybe among the most likely options for the Eagles. Uh, Jets safety Marcus May, good player, but coming off a Achilles injury. Uh, he's number 68 on Shields list. He's 29 years old. He goes up against Jaron Curse, who I've been talking about as, you know, I said last offseason, sign this guy. Well, then he went and played well with the uh, Cowboys, and now he's going to be expensive. Nice tight end stopper, Jaron Curse. But like you said, this isn't the year you probably want to sign a, a Jaron Curse. So I, I will go with Marcus May. You know, he might have to settle for a one year deal. Maybe you take a shot at one of the big safeties, don't land them, need somebody, and you say, all right, let's just sign Marcus May for uh or maybe one you year, double dip. Four or five million. I don't know. Maybe you double dip with a Marcus May and another safety. I would go Marcus May here. Okay. Yeah. Marcus May moves on. And then finally uh Carlton Davis, who uh, is likely to get a, a very big deal. The 12th overall player on Shields list from the Bucks. He goes up against former Giants safety Jabril Peppers, who is coming off a season-ending injury, but uh, is an interesting potential reclamation project. By the way, if if I was a GM, I would sign Jabril Peppers on day one to be a starting linebacker for my team. 
Okay. I think he. I think he's. I think he can be a really good linebacker. Day one. Can I just Day say? One. Can I? Let's just as it as you call my, top one fifty. As you call me out on uh, on 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 not breaking the ties in your favor, I have to call you out on the two players on this entire sixty fourteen bracket who you are pounding the table for. Former Giants, respect the ring. Who's the other one? Lorenzo Carter. <laughs> like all about these guys. Um, it was like seven well, so, hours ago, Bo. Yeah. No one remembers. Jabril remember Peppers. That. If 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 you watched him at Michigan, you would say like, was that ten years ago? Yeah, but these guys have been in the league. Positionless player. That's what I would say. Oh Don't you love the Nothing I hate player. more than positionless position, players. They literally have on, no position and no quotes knows what to do with them. And so then they either end up on the yes. bench or end up in compromising situations on the field. I would have a rule. Here's, here's what I would do if I were a GM. Any scout, you bring me somebody who you say is a positionless player, off the board. Cross no, him. I, I don't say, want him. I, I would say I want players seen, with positions. I would say, have, have you seen Shaq Thompson play? I would say Jabril Peppers. One out of ten. We're going probability, not possibility. I was not expecting this Jabril Peppers take. I mean, I feel like I have to take Carlton Davis is going to make, you know, 14, 15, 16 million dollars a year. I don't think they're going to be shopping in that market. So I guess I'll go Jabril Peppers. Should we just put him all the way in there to the championship? Now, day one, I signed him. And he's not even playing safety. He's moving. I don't think the Eagles are going to do I don't think the Eagles are going to do I mean, if anybody signs him day one. I would. He'd be a. He, he'd be my priority. Okay. I'm just your priority. Oh my God, what is happening? Is he your neighbor or something? Is he your kid? He is godfather. He, is a, full, he, has, a, he has a full sentence first name, which is good. I mean, can you just see it? I'll cross your timeline. J.C. Jackson would be to your the priority. For Nineteen million. Teron Armstead to the Dolphins for twenty-one million. Jabril Peppers too. <laughs> to Zach Berman for his. I, for the mortgage on his house, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just telling you, I I uh, I think he can be a, a really good linebacker. Uh, uh, like, like linebacker. Maybe this is Devontae Campbell. Season. Who are we to doubt, Zach? The Eagles aren't going to sign him to play linebacker, but I'm saying I would. So okay, that's, that's my point. All right, Marcus Williams, Jordan Whitehead, Jordan, Jordan Whitehead. Whitehead, Whitehead, Dante Jackson, Charvarius Ward, Dante Jackson for me, Dante Jackson, uh, Desmond King, Justin Reed. Justin, Justin, Reed. Justin Reed. Marcus May, Jabril Peppers. Marcus May. <laughs> Jabril, I'm, going, I'm going Jabril Peppers. It'd be more fun. <laughs> I mean, listen, if I, I feel like I have to go Jabril Peppers just because if he Sorry, does, Ken. then, then we can say that, that Zach out. has a lot of sway in the, like Zach's, he's whispering <laughs> hey, in his ear. Yeah. Uh, so let's go Jabril Peppers. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, Dante Jackson. Whitehead. Whitehead. Justin Reed, Jabril Peppers. Justin Reed. Justin Reed. Reed. Sorry, Peppers. Yeah, Great run, bad. though. Good run. I mean, a, a, a Cinderella run. Okay, this is a this is a tough one. This could be the national championship Ooh, game. This here. is a big one. Jordan Whitehead against Justin Reed. They are separated by two spots on Shields uh, top seventy-five. They are both twenty-five years old. Um, different skill sets. Reed is a little bit more athletic, more of a pure free safety. Whitehead uh, comes from a winning organization. I like your uh, thinking there. And also, you know, if we are the podcast that had Whitehead 
ahead of Reed and this Whitehead. We're getting all kinds of pub. This is like a little marketing uh, lesson for you younger mm. content creators out there. Uh, you know, if you go with Reed, it's a little like, more popular. Uh, give me a break. Everyone was saying, Reed, you're not doing anything there. So for the brand, uh, I'm going to go Whitehead. Yeah. You know what? I think they should go Reed, but I think Whitehead's an underrated player. And also the, the Eagles front office has a lot of, uh, Pittsburgh connections. So, so you know he's a guy who Andy Weidel and and Tom Donahoe watched in 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 high school he when he was in. I believe okay. he's from Monica. I mean, I don't know that. Do you know that they watched him in high school? Don't these I'm, guys it, have jobs to do? If they watched Miles Sanders in high school, I'm sure they watched Jordan Whitehead in high school. They've got the Avante Maddox you see what that was? On here. That, was a, was that was a little seed of a story there in Z-Verm's idea, mm. I think. High school, Miles Sanders, Jordan Whitehead, connection, he drives to Pittsburgh. There was some big game no one knows about, but, you know, they they exchanged jerseys at the end. Maybe Zach looks like he already knows about all. That looks like he's already done all the reports. Now, Jordan Whitehead and Avante Maddox were, were college teammates. So they, uh, right. see? Yeah. There you go. And he's the only one on this uh, 64 whose last name is a type of uh pimple that's true there you go that's the I type mean, of i haven't double checked it yes. uh although uh, <laughs> actually aj zitty is a nice under the radar uh nose tackle who's not getting a lot of money who would you get <laughs> who would you most describe as jordan <laughs> Wasn't in whitehead? My is there a, is there a white guy named jordan who would be jordan whitehead i don't know please we have seven jordan... 153 let's go yeah we have three minutes left I got to go potty. Okay, the final four. The champion of the Alshon, Jeffrey, region, Zach Pascal, up against the champion of the Chris Long region, the three-seed Hassan Reddick, a 3-13 matchup, which you don't get in the final four very often. Who moves to the championship game? Pascal. God, Pascal, so boy. I mean, this would be the worst rate. The networks do not want Pascal in this championship. They're playing Wisconsin bully ball. They're they're texting Richard Deitch and uh, Brian Curtis and all seven to six. Andrew Marshans leading with this. The networks are nervous about Pascal getting to the the final here. Bo, who are you going with? Are you going Pascal? Or are you going to make me decide? I'm going Pascal. I don't think they're going to. All I don't right. Think they're going Pascal to pay for that. All right. Pascal. A little Zach Pascal nugget. He has the dog mentality. He literally brought the dog mentality to Nick Sirianni. He's the one who who connected Sirianni with the t-shirt manufacturer. All right. Uh, I'm you can read on. that story on the Athletic. Oh man. The, yeah. I want to be clear that I don't are going to be so annoyed. I, with I, I want to be clear that Zach Pascal is not worth signing. Please. Bringing he's almost fine. nothing to the table. He's fine. But. He's a fine, low cost, if he's low cost, that you draft over. Okay. All right. The champion of the Jatavis Brown region, Kaiser White, the uh, past defending linebacker, goes up against the champion of the Malcolm Jenkins region, Jordan Whitehead. Somebody, somebody in the chat, give me a white Jordan, please. Whitehead. Whitehead. Wasn't that a, wasn't a new kid on the block? Wasn't one of them named Jordan? Oh, yeah. Jordan. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then he had he had like one single when he came back in the in the nineties, right? Or the two, early two thousands, right? Yeah, early two thousands. Well, Jordy Nelson, Jordan McKnight, Jordan McKnight, Jordy Nelson. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. All right, let's go. I got all right. The, the championship game: Zach Pascal against Jordan Whitehead, the winner of Cra- of Quackatology to be crowned. Who is the most Jordan. likely free agent to sign with the Eagles? 
Jordan Whitehead. They're they're going to sign a safety. Okay, oh, they're going to sign oh, yeah, a starting like safety. It. Let's yeah. do it. We are so, the official pod. We and Jordan Whitehead is the official. I don't know what are we even calling him. Yeah, let's do All it. Right, I'm like in. That. You're I, in. You know, I, I, was doing, I was doing the shopping guide last night, and I and I just it crystallized for me. This is the guy. This is the guy they're going to sign. Okay, I'm glad. Jordan Whitehead, right. congratulations to his family and uh, to his lovers. All right, I'm signing off. Bye. All right, thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, to... Kent. By the way, my gosh, <laughs> yeah, Kent. And sorry, usually poor Let's Kent usually Kent gets something. to just usually gets to just zone out while we drone on. Yeah, but this time he had to actually like be paying attention. So that's I mean this has okay. got to be the worst experience. Of he's used to movies life. going too long, anyways. So, well, that's okay. true. All right, all right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, long as as expected for Zach. And Sheil and Kent and Marissa and Michael and Elijah. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We will be with you throughout uh, free agency next week. I'm sure we will have several pods of reaction. And uh, Sheil will be a very busy man. So uh, hope that he gets some sleep. For everybody, thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.